I'm a pretty casual baseball fan. In fact, the only team I've ever loved, the New Orleans Baby Cakes, they don't even exist anymore. But every year, I do enjoy watching a few games and going to them when I can. The catch, though, is they're really long. Over the last few seasons, and really decades, Major League Baseball games increased in length by almost like a full half hour. Chelsea Janes covers baseball for The Post, and she's been reporting on recent efforts by Major League Baseball to attract more fans. It turns out that over the last few years, America's pastime has been getting less popular with Americans. So Major League Baseball looked at that over the last few years and said, we need to fix this. We need to speed this up. There's a lot of downtime, a lot of fidgeting, a lot of guys taking off gloves, putting them on, and and kind of wasting everyone's time. And, and they said that the best way to fix that after much testing in the minor leagues and elsewhere was to limit the amount of time between pitches. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Chris Velasco, your guest host today. It's Wednesday, March 29th. Today, just ahead of opening day, we're talking about the pitch clock and whether changes to baseball can save the sport from extinction. And for that matter, save us from sitting through four hours of guys pacing around and pulling up their pants. So because you've been tracking the sport so closely for for a long time, can you kind of summarize all of the things Major League Baseball has tried to do in recent years to make the game run faster or more efficiently? Major League Baseball has tried many things to speed things up. They have tried everything from implementing a digital method of communication so that pitchers and catchers don't have to go through a million signs with their fingers between pitches. They can just push a button and it goes right to the pitcher's ear and says, throw this. They've tried implementing clocks on time between innings and and various things like that. But by and large, those things have created marginal, if any, changes in game time, maybe a minute here and a minute there. And they have not been able to eliminate the extensive downtime that is created by baseball players going through their routines and superstitions and everything, uh, pitch after pitch after pitch. Why do they keep changing the way this sport kind of unfolds in a game? I think the main problem that they identified is that baseball as a whole was falling behind the NFL and the NBA in terms of its appeal to younger demographics. It simply didn't really fit as constructed in this era where there are so many different things competing for attention. You know, you don't have to pay attention to a baseball game with the same kind of vigor as you do an NFL or NBA game. There's just not as much action. There's more downtime. And it it made it less appealing, they thought, for people to watch both on TV and in person. And while some people like the downtime, like the ability to talk and think and analyze, I think by and large they felt that the games were too slow, the action was too sporadic, and they wanted to condense that and make it sort of more tolerable for this time when our attention spans are are more limited. Which leads us to developments like the pitch clock. So how does this actually work? You know, they're definitely going to tweak it, so don't hold me to any of this, but I think the broad strokes that we're going to see on opening day are this. Pitcher has about 20 seconds with runners on base, 15 seconds with no one on base, to get the ball back after the last pitch and deliver the ball 
to the hitter. So a hitter, conversely, has the responsibility to be in the batter's box and ready for that pitch by the time the pitch clock drops to eight seconds. So pitchers have 15 seconds. Hitters really only have seven or, or the difference between the pitch clock and, and that seven seconds. And if a batter is not ready by that time, they get a strike called on them by the umpire. And if a pitcher doesn't deliver in time, the pitcher gets a ball called. This was tested and tried in the minor leagues. And then on the first day in spring training when they used it, uh, a game ended with the bases loaded when a batter wasn't ready in time. Wait, what? That was sort of the worst-case extreme scenario, but the goal is to just kind of not to be calling balls and strikes, but rather to just get everyone used to moving a little quicker and working within those time frames. What's the reaction from players? Do we have a sense that this is working? Are they concerned about it? Kind of walk us through what they're feeling. So by and large, baseball players as a whole are, are averse to change uh, in a way that is really profound. By and large, the reaction has been, yeah, this is probably a good idea. But on an individual level at times, there have been concerns about what happens in big games or like it did on the first day of spring training when the pitch clock comes into play uh, in a big situation late in a game where it changes the outcome of the game, where in that example, you know, the hitter no longer gets to hit with the bases loaded because he wasn't in the box on time. And so I think the concern is what happens when this really matters. And Major League Baseball's answer to that has been it will be at the discretion of the umpires, and, and no one really likes to hear that. But I think the assumption is that as everyone gets used to this, it won't even really become a problem, that the players will know to be in the box, that umpires won't be looking to call things in a nitpicky way. They're just going to, you know, kind of honor the spirit of the rule. And they hope that in time, everyone will just get so used to it that we aren't even talking about it by July. So why the focus on pitching? Are these are pitchers sort of notorious for being slow on the mound? Help me understand. Some certainly are. I think it's just the play does not start until the ball is delivered. So the batter, while they have some control over the pace of the game, it's it's really the pitcher who sort of dictates how this is going to work. And the difference between a confident, quick-working pitcher and a slow, deliberate one is vast to people watching. It creates you know a totally different pace of play. So I think what they're trying to do is sort of standardize that pace to say, this is how you're going to work. You're going to get the ball and you're going to throw it again. You're not going to wander around the mound. You're just going to deliver the pitch within this allotted time. We'll suck out some of that unnecessary downtime. So I think they targeted the pitchers and said, you guys are the ones who can have the ball at the beginning, and you guys are the ones who decide when it starts its journey homeward. What's your sense of how this kind of affects what a pitcher can do strategically? I remember hearing one story about this Red Sox pitcher who was kind of infamous for staring down opponents before pitching to kind of get in their heads. Does that mean that some tools that were available to pitchers before just kind of aren't really there anymore? I think in some ways, yes, but I think what you're going to see and uh, what we've already seen from people like Max Scherzer are new ways of messing with hitters. The pitcher has complete control of the situation and dictates the pace now. So, uh, you know, with the ability to also call pitches as well, I can either work extremely quick or extremely slow and then really change the pace of this. Whether that's getting the ball, looking like you're ready really fast with the pitch clock, forcing the batter to hurry up and then just standing there until the clock winds down. I think you're going to start seeing pitchers create those intimidation or, or mind game tactics in, in different ways. And I think you'll see hitters do it too. I think you'll see hitters, you know, be ready or not ready or, or really push the limits there. But it certainly does eliminate, you know, stare downs. It eliminates, you know, one of the things hitters have joked about is like they don't get to hear their walk-up music for as long. There's just not as much time to bask in your trip to home plate. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things that will change. But I think the, the one constant in baseball is uh, trying to 
work around the rules of baseball. So this just gives everyone a chance to try to push the limits in a different way. Can you think of any players in particular that will really kind of have to adjust the way they think about pitching to make things fit within this time limit? You know, I think all of the big names are, are going to have to deal with it. I think one thing that's interesting is that a lot of the big young stars, they played in the minor leagues when this was being tested. So they're used to it. You know, the young pitchers that come up, they work this way naturally. But people like Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, all these guys, you know, they're good pitchers, so they worked fairly quickly. But there are elements of this that will force them to maybe get a little bit more of a a cardio workout involved. You know, there's not going to be able to take time in between to sort of ramp up and and get everything they have behind every pitch. And so does that make you less likely to throw a fastball in a big situation if you can't get everything you have on it? Maybe. Manny Machado said he and Bryce Harper, in fact, talked a lot about what are they going to do? Because they like to walk up to the plate and take their time and be kind of showmen. And that's how they've played their whole careers. And now they can't do that. So I think you're going to see a lot of the really big stars have to adjust. and, And for everyone else, it'll be a little bit less obvious. After the break, Chelsea tells me what it's been like to see games with the pitch clock in action. And we talk about how fans, players, and the industry feel about it. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you mentioned this has been used at spring training. It's been used in the minors. So regular fans have seen this in action already. What's your sense of their reaction to all of this? It's always hard to tell, you know, what the majority reaction is because you you obviously hear from the most vocal. I think there are some baseball fans who think it's silly, who think that the whole appeal of the game is is sitting there and watching for four hours and thinking everything through. There shouldn't be a timer. You shouldn't have a tie game in the bottom of the ninth and you lose because the pitch clock ran out. But I think, frankly, they're not the fans that Major League Baseball is worried about making this change. I think what Major League Baseball is worried about is the casual fans, the fans that don't love everything about every ounce of strategy and instead just kind of want to see some action. That's who they're trying to draw in. That's who they feel like they've lost. So, you know, I think what we're hearing and seeing is that more casual fans, and anecdotally, I've certainly heard this from people that don't follow the game as closely, are thinking, oh, wow, this game will be over by 10. You know, I don't. I can go to a baseball game and not have to leave early or something, you know. I think that's sort of the realization that's dawning on people that for the casual fans, this is going to make the game a little bit more accessible and tolerable. Is the issue the MLB has here really one of growth? Like, baseball's always been kind of a slow game, and the people who are into that presumably are still into that. Are they mostly worried that they're not going to be able to attract new audiences, or are they also worried about making sure the people who like baseball keep watching baseball? I don't think they worry too much about the people that like baseball, to be honest. I think, you know, the the idea with those kind of diehard fans is that they love it regardless, and I think that's right. 
you know, I don't think they're going to alienate people by making their games faster. You might have a few people say it goes against tradition, but then they'll be home at 10 and, and in bed and happy like everyone else. Um, but I think, you know, they are very conscious of reaching out to younger demographics. Their numbers have not been good in those areas. They feel like they've been eclipsed by just the, the flurry of action that comes in, in football and, and the NBA. You know, you just have more highlights. You got to keep your eye on it. Um, I think they're really worried about making it appeal to younger people. And I think they just want to make it more accessible. And part of that, I think, is playing games that move faster and have more action and uh, lend themselves better to social media and to the sort of quick snippets and things like that. And, you know, I think that they're onto something there because... We've seen from the World Baseball Classic that was just played this spring and, and others, we've seen players' social media followings jump. We've seen, you know, Major League Baseball has rolled out all these ads um, about their new rules with celebrities or sort of making fun of the game itself just in a way that, that feels more modern. You want the action to flow, the bat on the ball and carrying on the base pass. This is the game we all want to see. Get the ball, pitch the ball. Keep the defense on their toes. I think the goal there is to say, we know these things have been annoying for years, but come back, look at us. We, we're fixing it. We get it. And I think they're hopeful that, that that's going to start working. I mean, it's definitely, I can personally attest to how some of this has happened. Like, I, as I've said, very casual fan. I'll sometimes sit through an entire game. I really, really feel like it. But I often find that, you know, if I'm bumming around on YouTube and I find a couple highlights from a game and it just contains the juiciest moments of the three hours or whatever it is, like, it feels in some ways almost as satisfying to me as sitting through the whole thing waiting for those, those moments to happen. And I don't think that's for better or worse, I, I think some baseball fans listening to this might really hate me for it. But I think that's that's true of a lot of people now. I think that's absolutely right. And I think that those baseball fans who would be frustrated with you for that probably will realize very quickly that what the pitch clock does in particular is just, it basically does that. It sucks out the time between highlights. It reduces the amount of time between interesting things happening. And the thing is, and what, what I realized watching the pitch clock in spring training and, and when it was tested last year, is that you don't miss any of the stuff it cuts out. You don't miss guys wandering around home plate. It's just a better experience to watch it with all that downtime sucked out. I think the goal is basically that, to make the highlights more frequent, to make everything more condensed, and take out all the stuff that makes you wonder why you're sitting there, you know, hour after hour, just watching guys pull up their pants and fix their hats. I have to ask, though, does this does this decision feel like it makes good business sense, right? Because if we're taking 25 minutes off the runtime of a game, that's 25 minutes a stadium can't sell, I don't know, $13 beers and $25 nachos. That's such a good question. Uh, when it was tested in the minor leagues last year, I asked one of the owners that. And he was like, you know what we learned was that everyone sort of had a hard out anyway. That if these games weren't riveting and people weren't staying till the end, you know, there were a lot of families, especially with kids, who'd leave at 9, 9.30. The stadium would clear out, and you weren't getting sales after that anyway. So it was kind of like, all right, well, maybe the seventh inning stretch will come a little sooner, and last call will come with it, and you know we'll have a little less time. But if everyone's engaged and staying in their seats, it potentially could cancel that out. So we've got a pitch clock. We have PitchCom, that thing that pitchers wear to signal pitches so they don't have to do like the, the shake-off process with the catcher. There are new fielding rules kind of in play. Do you have a sense of what else MLB might try to kind of gin up popularity in this sport? 
You know, there's some things on the radar. I think one of them is, um, and this is a scary thing for people to hear, but uh, automatic strike zones. So sort of robo-umps, if you will. Hey, um, no. How about no? <laughs> Please. Well, and and the funny thing about it is, um, you know, that system would, you know, as they envision it, I think, wouldn't actually eradicate umpires because one of the things they noticed in the minors is that players needed someone to yell at, frankly. They couldn't yell at a at a computer calling balls and strikes. But what I think they envision is um, sort of a challenge system. Like when you watch tennis, right? A player thinks the ball was in that was called out. You challenge it, it goes on the scoreboard, you see where it was, everybody moves on. Um, I think that is is something that Major League Baseball wants to implement, but to do it with a little strategy. It might not speed up the games per se, but it, it'll sort of eliminate some of the frustration that people feel with the uncertainty of strike zones and stuff like that. By and large, though, I think this is the big one. I think this is the year that's going to be really dramatic in terms of altering the game. And I think if the pitch clock does what it's supposed to and sort of trains everyone to move at this new speed, you're not going to need to have to speed the game up much more because it's it's going to take care of all that. I feel compelled to point out in this moment that when I'm not doing this, my main job is a reporter on the personal tech team here at The Post. And I promise you, people still scream at computers and get a lot of enjoyment out of it. So, like, it's still a thing. But I'm, I'm curious, though, like, isn't the human element such a big part of what baseball is? It, it kind of feels like, in some ways, baseball is becoming more automatic. And I wonder if you're worried that some of the charm will be lost because of that. I think that's a real concern. I think what Major League Baseball is trying to do is sort of thread that needle. You're not going to eliminate umpires. You need them on the basis. And much like replay now in baseball, where you can challenge a call, but if you're wrong, you you don't get to challenge any more calls. I think what they envision is a strike zone strategy where you get a couple challenges a game, and if you're wrong, you, you don't get them anymore. But it's not about using technology to do everything. You know, in fact, one of the really sort of interesting byproducts of all these rule changes is that there is more required of the umpires than has ever been required before, whether it's keeping an eye on the pitch clock or deciding what's a violation, what's not. I mean, the pitch clock requires more umpire discretion than than almost any other rule. As the game becomes automated, you know, Major League Baseball is very cognizant of, of sort of what makes it charming and quirky and uh, is, is not at all trying to eliminate that, but rather just kind of, I guess, optimize it somehow. Chelsea, we've talked quite a bit so far about how Americans are reacting to changes in baseball and sort of how Americans think the game should change. But what about baseball in other countries? I know you've been covering the World Baseball Classic. Does baseball face as much of a kind of existential threat overseas as it kind of feels like it does in America sometimes? I don't think so at all. In fact, I think the opposite is true. I think, you know, the Japanese League, Japan just won the World Baseball Classic. That league is as good as it's ever been in terms of talent. I think Korean baseball is is more on the map. Um, you're seeing leagues in China and elsewhere really pick up. But no, I think while everyone else sort of follows the United States lead, baseball elsewhere is, especially in the Caribbean and, and Latin America and in Japan, it's growing. I mean, it's it's getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, the, the manager of the Japanese team said the other day that one of the things that's great about Japanese baseball is they can see America test all these rules and then pick the ones that actually work and, and not have to kind of go through the growing pains. And I think that's that's part of it is, you know, MLB is sort of at the forefront of this and, and perfecting the game, but, you know, everyone else can kind of learn from it. So 
I think it's it's very healthy elsewhere. And, you know, I think that's a real positive because sometimes the way Americans do things with baseball is a, a little stodgy. They kind of just get in these habits and, and there's so much exuberance and energy in other countries for it. And it's all starting to sort of meld into one another in a way that I think is also really good for Major League Baseball. Chelsea, what are you looking for this season as these changes take effect? I'm mostly just looking to see how it affects viewership, I guess, ticket sales, things like that. But it's more a feeling around baseball. I think it's a it's a sport where it's it's very easy to fret about its future. And for the first time this spring training, honestly, since I've been following it, there has been this real sense that, ooh, maybe they're getting something right. Maybe this is actually changing for the better and not for the worse. And yeah, I'm just hopeful as someone who cares about the sport and enjoys watching it, that that, that continues. Chelsea, thanks so much for joining and talking about this with me. Thank you for having me. Chelsea Janes covers baseball for The Post. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show is produced by Arjun Singh with help from Lucas Trevor. It was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Maggie Penman. And before we go, we just have to ask for a quick favor. Next week, we're going to be talking to The Post's new climate coach, Mike Corrin. So we'd like to ask him your questions about how to live sustainably. So send us some. Record a voice memo on your phone and email it to postreports at washpost.com. I'm Chris Velasco. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Hold up. 